Buenos dias. Welcome to another daily devotion. I'm your host, El Padre, also known as Pastor Jesse. Today we are in Revelation chapter 13. I don't know if you can see that super well or not. Um, we are in Revelation chapter 13. If you haven't read it, please go ahead and do that. Um, if you haven't been keeping up with the videos, um, this is a particularly important book that you you kind of try to keep up with everything. There, there's a whole lot going on. Uh, in today's chapter in particular, um, it goes with chapter 12. So if you have not read the two, is that better? Can you see a little better? There you go. Uh, they, because they go together, it's really important that you do check it out. Um, maybe I can... Let me see. If I move this a little closer, eh, 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 there you go. Uh, so today I'm I'm recording in the library because my kids are out of school and I'm trying to. We're gonna look at Beast One, Beast Two, and let's see expectations. I totally jacked up the spelling of that. I'm really sorry. Um, expectations. So. There's a lot in this chapter. Uh, there's a lot that is um, going to be difficult to interpret. There's a lot that is not certain that a lot of people have taught. And we're not going to consult. Um, we're not going to bring any, any perspectives to this. We're not going to try to tell you anything from... A particular interpretation. Once again, in the missionary church, we don't have a hard stance on when the rapture takes place or anything like that. So I encourage you uh, to, with an open mind, look at this chapter, look at the things that are certain, look at the things that are, are explained, and look at the things that are not and because the text doesn't tell you explicitly what it is, let's just admit nobody knows for sure, and we can guess all day long, but in the end, it, guessing doesn't always <laughs> bring about uh, it, what we think. So number one, there's a, an image going around the internet that I've seen a lot of that is, is quoting Revelation chapter 13. Can I just put... All of you, your hearts at peace. This image is of a giant, what looks kind of like a gargoyle, like a fancy gargoyle. Um, and I think it's in front of the UN building in New York. Uh, a lot of people are using it in reference to uh, Revelation chapter 13. Now, is there a verse that goes along with this image and what it's trying to convey to the people? Yes. <laughs> Is chapter 13 it? No. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first off, um, this chapter is talking about um, a person. This is not talking about just... It, it's using a figure of speech uh, to allude to um, a person. 
Uh, and so the imagery that is, that is conveyed in that particular section is not meant for you to go out and find an actual statue or anything like that that looks like this image or anything else. There's not going to be a beast running around that looks like this image. It is meant to represent certain things. What exactly? We don't necessarily know. But uh, we do know that based in chapter 12, the dragon... Uh, let's put let's put this here. The dragon is Satan, okay? Or uh, you could say the devil. All right. So the dragon here is Satan uh, or the devil, and it says, "And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, and on its horns were ten crowns, and on its heads were blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard." Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. The dragon, or Satan, gave the beast his power, his throne, and great authority. So, uh, today, as we're looking at beast number one, things that are important. His power, throne, and authority all come from the devil. Okay? His power... His throne and his authority. Now, keep in mind, what this means is this is a person that actually has uh, a throne and power and authority. Now, this means that uh, this is a person with high authority uh, in the earth. Um, this, this is not probably going to just be uh, the elected official of your state or anything like that. This is a person that their authority and their power comes from the devil. Uh, but this is what's interesting. He says, one of its head appeared to be fatally wounded, but its fatal wound was healed. Now, um, there is a fatal wound. Now, later we see that there is a sword involved. Now, I, I would... I would say um, that what's interesting is that this beast that has seven heads, uh, a lot, there's a lot of different reasons why people think that it, it's, it's um, each head represents something in particular. Uh, what that is, the text isn't clear. So with, what, what we do know is that one of those heads uh, has a fatal wound. Uh, this wound shows up here again later. Uh, but the whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. People will follow and worship. Uh, this is super important. Um, now what's interesting here is that the word worship, uh, we talked about this the other day, that it, it's proskuneo. Uh, which a lot of times refers to somebody who uh, bows prostrate. Um, but, and, and that could be, I'm not a, a Greek scholar, but there's one that I thought was really interesting. Uh, according to Thayer's Dictionary, it also could be somebody who like uh, kisses a, a hand or cheek out of respect. Uh, and that reminds me of like how like in particular, I think it's, you know, in old movies, whenever they're, they're going to, to royalty, like they go up and, you know, especially like the queen, right? Um, and so um, maybe the queen of England. 
but anyway, people are worshiping him. They worshiped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast. So, not only this, this people are not just worshiping the beast, but because of the beast, they worship the dragon. Uh, the beast was given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months, which is the equivalent of about three and a half years. Now, this is what is interesting, is this particular beast will be blasphemous, meaning probably he will claim to be God, probably he will, be, he, he, he will try his best to look as close to Jesus as he possibly can. He began to speak blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who, and those who dwell in heaven. Uh, but what's interesting about this is that uh, he, he's blaspheming in particular the name of God and his dwelling. Now, this could be uh, the people of God, meaning like you and me, who, who we love Jesus, we've been saved, we have God living in our heart. That could be us. Or it could also potentially, some people think, uh, it could be um, referring to, you know, heaven. Uh, I think, according to the text, um, that could be. Um, so then he goes on to say this. He was permitted to wage war against the saints, and he conquers them. Now, I think what's interesting about this, sorry for my really horrible spelling, uh, but what's interesting about this is when it says conquers, remember yesterday when Dan was talking about how... Um, we conquer through death. Uh, what's interesting is this, is using the, a word conquering in the sense that he's going to kill saints. He's going to actually physically kill uh, the, the body of Christ, the people of God. And in the same way he does that, what's interesting is that that's the same way that we conquer him. Isn't that, that's, that's crazy. Um, then he goes on to say this, it was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. It, this is interesting because this figure, this person, will be a unifying figure. Uh, he is going to do his best to convince people he really is the Messiah, that he is Jesus. That, that he, for Christians, he's going to try to deceive them. And for people who are... Uh, maybe, maybe you would say like traditional or orthodox Jews, he's going to be trying to deceive the whole earth, making people think that he's who uh, the Bible is talking about in the Old Testament when it's referring to messianic prophecies. But this dude, he is in charge of a lot of people. He's got a lot of authority. Uh, he, he's going to be incredibly violent. But what's interesting is all those who live on the earth will worship it, Everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world of the book of life who was slaughtered. So Christians, according to this, don't worship the beast. Now, let me just confess something really quick. I grew up on Disney movies, and I'm really sorry, but every time I see the word beast, every time I hear, every single time I, I, <laughs> I want to say this, I keep wanting to sing, kill the beast, kill the beast. Uh, and then I have Gaston's voice, you know. Anyway, sorry, it's a confession. I, I repent. <laughs>
If anyone has ears to hear, verse 9, let him listen. If anyone is to be taken captive, into captivity he goes. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for endurance and faithfulness from the saints. So, if you can, take a picture of this. Uh, this is super important. These are the characteristics of beast number one. Uh, now, we're going to jump in um, and we're going to talk about beast number two. Um, and what is really interesting to me, at least, is the relationship in many ways reminds me of when Aaron and Moses were working together to defeat uh, the king of Pharaoh, or maybe not defeat him, but like convince him uh, to let the people go. Now, jumping ahead to beast number two. All right. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it to worship the first beast. What's interesting about this beast is this. Uh, the, the first beast gets his authority from the devil, and then beast number one gives his authority also to beast number two. And it exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf. So he's actually kind of like sending this authority back. He's trying to, to lure people to worship beast number one whose fatal wound was healed. Now, this is interesting there. It refer, refers to that again. It also performs great signs. So this is, this is cool, I guess. Uh, it's cool as far as unique information. He has signs. So he's going to be doing things that point people to worship beast number one, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in front of people, one of which, uh, let's say this, now, this is what's interesting, is that most people would see this and think, oh, like, that's something that happens in the Bible. Uh, Solomon, God does it for Solomon. When Elijah calls down fire, right? Like, that happens. And people are going to, to see this and be deceived. They will see these, these miracles, these miraculous signs, and they will believe and worship the beast. It deceives those who live on the earth because of the great signs that is permitted to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who live on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Now, this is what's kind of Im in interesting. Uh, he tells people to make an image. It was permitted to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast could both speak and cause whoever would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So he's going to make an image, and, but this image is going to become alive. Uh, he's going to breathe. Now, something that's interesting is I kind of, personally, when I read this at first, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe this is one of those new Fango AI technology things. Um, but I do think that this is interesting. That the word breath here... Uh, one of the other ways you could say it is to give it a spirit or to give it life. Like this is an actual image that will be alive. It will be a miracle.
Um, and I think that that's super important for us to recognize that uh, this, this is a legitimate concern a lot of people have uh, that are in the conservative side of Christianity, that when they see Christians talking about signs, wonders, and miracles, not every sign and miracle you see will point people to Jesus. That's incredibly important. These are going to cause blasphemy. It makes everyone, great, small, rich, poor, free, and slave, to receive a mark. This is what's interesting. It is what makes everyone want to receive the mark. The image that comes to life makes everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. And the beast's name or the number of its name will be uh, the mark. Uh, this is interesting too. Verse 18 says, this calls for wisdom. Uh, some of the other translations or manuscripts actually say that here is wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast because it is the number of a person. Its number is 666. So here's what's interesting about this is that there's also the potential that it could be 616. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because some of the manuscripts, especially the Greek manuscripts, use this number and not this number. Uh, so I, I do think that that's really important, especially for those of us who like details. Uh, it could be that or it could be this. Sometimes translation gets tricky. Um, but this is what's important. Um, I think a lot of times people see the mark. Uh, people are talking about um, how the vaccine could be uh, the mark. The vaccine itself cannot be the mark. Why? Because the vaccine... Number one, it isn't going into your right hand or your forehead. Uh, it doesn't allow you to buy and sell. It, now, will it, like, is it a stepping stone to, there's a good chance, right? It's, it's probable. Uh, let's just say that. Um, not only that, what I think is really interesting is that this stuff precedes the mark, okay? Personally, <laughs> This, this is just really interesting to me. I, I was never alluded to this idea before. Um, but I think that's, it's just really good. I think it's important. Um, as we prepare ourselves for the end times, this should never inflict fear uh, in the same way. Like, it may make you go, oh, okay. All right, things are about to get, about to get real. Uh, and this is where I want to conclude. If you want, you can take a screenshot of that. Um, and then here we go. This is the point. Uh, this is where everything needs to go for us. This is how we have to conclude. Please, 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 please uh, stick with us to the very, very end. I'm really sorry that I have to take the time to erase this whole board. There's just so much good information. And I didn't want to like skip stuff just because, um, you know, some of the information in here is really, really interesting. Some of it's really important. And I, I thought it was important that we actually take the time to go through it. So sorry for a longer video. Um, but here we go. This is what I want to bring everything back to. 
verse 10. This calls for endurance or perseverance and faithfulness from the saints. This is not talking about uh, the, the, the New Orleans saints. This is talking about those of us who claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This is talking about those of us who have been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is talking about each and every one of us uh, who are following Jesus. Uh, this is where I want you to conclude. Uh, I do not want you, as your pastor, as a pastor in this community, as a pastor in the body of Christ, the details of the beasts uh, can, can become very overwhelming for people. Uh, the, the point of these details is not to scare you, it is to warn you. Uh, the point of these is to help you to see the signs so that you can say, it's almost time for Jesus to come back. Now, not only that, it's also time for in the same way, uh, you know, like before the boxer goes out, I just watched a boxing movie recently, so this is the image in my mind. I don't watch like MMA or anything like that, but maybe that would be good. Before the fighter comes out, they're in the locker room and they're, they're preparing, they're getting their mind right. Why? Because they're gonna walk out into that ring and they know that there is somebody out there who is determined to beat the snot out of them. Why? Because that's part of the sport. Uh, but in our case, we know that the purpose of this book, the purpose of Revelation, isn't to scare the people of God. It is to prepare them, to get us to get to the point to where our minds are ready for what is getting ready to come. It is not to, to frighten you, to get you to quit. It is to get you to get prepared, that you will commit yourself to faithfulness, that in the same way Jesus is standing in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Lord, if you would please take this cup from me, and then the Lord is like, sorry, this is what I have to, uh, this is, this is the, the option. And, and Jesus still submits to the will of God. Jesus is faithful because God is faithful. In the same way, we need to be faithful. We need to prepare. Endurance and perseverance both give this, this mindset that I know things are going to be hard. I know that things are going to be difficult, but I will not quit. I will not give up. I will stay faithful to the end. In the same way that Joshua stands before the people uh, of Israel and he tells them, choose this day whom you're going to serve. I stand before you today and I challenge you with the same thing. Choose this day whom you will serve. Pick a master and be faithful. Christianity isn't for the weak. If you, do, if you want to do what's easy, if you want to do what's natural, be a hedonist. Don't follow Jesus. He calls us to lay down 
each and every one of our lives, each and every one of our desires, so that we can be holy, so that we can be righteous, so that one day, just like we talked about in one of the earlier chapters, that we can stand before the Father wearing white robes representing righteousness. Today, and always, I am choosing to follow Jesus. That no matter what comes our way, I'm in. I'm, I'm following. I'm going to endure. There's a song called Come What May. And that really has been my attitude as I've been reading this book. Not just kill the beast, but come what may. If I'm alive at the time that this takes place, I know my heart and my mind is ready to endure, is yours. Let's take a moment. Father, we just pray today. Lord, we, we, we humble ourselves before you. And for some of us, we recognize that this material is a little scary. Uh, it's intimidating. But Lord, we humble ourselves before you and we just say, have your way. We submit ourselves to your will and we say that we will serve you no matter what. And Jesus, I, I pray for those who are afraid that you would rebuke the spirit of fear in Jesus' name and that you would give us a sound mind. Lord, you, you said that you gave us your spirit. And so, Lord, uh, we don't want to be cowards. We want to serve you. We want to be bold. We want to be courageous for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm sorry this is a significantly longer video than normal, but uh, I wanted to make sure we covered some of the, the key points. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have enjoyed the channel, please go ahead and subscribe. Click the little bell. You'll get notified whenever our new videos come out, which will be pretty much every day since it's a daily Devo. Thank you so much for joining us. Pastor, Pastor Padre out.